Okay, welcome to this morning's uh, weekly Five Property Show. Today, we're going to be talking about the little jobs. No, in that sense, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's the level of this show established (laughs) right away. Started already. Yeah, that's it. This is the small (laughs) chores that make a big difference to your sale price. It's all these wee niggly and fidgety things that you think, nobody will notice. Yes, they will. There's probably isn't a homeowner alive who doesn't have a list of jobs that need doing, really. Everyone's got them. They mind their niggles. They aren't, they are, they aren't irritating enough to deal with, yet they get accepted for, for now and eventually become forgotten as you get used to living with them. This is quite, this is quite normal, isn't it? Good morning, Andrea. Um, I mean, that's fine until your home goes up for sale and your viewings start to begin and suddenly fresh pairs of eyes on your on your house and, and then starts picking up every little detail. And, and these are the things that we need to talk about this morning because they're often left unsaid and, and, and forgotten. So this is the key how to drive that price and how to get the right person through your door and also how to get the right price for your property. Because these wee niggles can make a fundamental difference in some, someone's mind. It could even put your buyer off. Mm-hmm. And we don't want to do that. No. So we're going to talk about the certain subjects. We're going to categorise them: the scuffs, the stains, the marks, the squeaks, the groans, the wobbles. Um, I was in yesterday actually. Um, see these, and I walked in the front door, and one of the one of the one of the um, floorboards went. Ee! <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm going to step over that one when I'm doing my video. <laughs> and it was just one floorboard. And I thought, if somebody walks in that door and steps yeah. on that floorboard, they'll go, oh, first impressions. See how that works. Yeah, the instant thing. I had the same thing yesterday, Jim, when I was out doing the a pre-portal. And it was a beautiful, beautiful lodge. And I got to the garden. There's a secondary garden. Got there. I wanted to come out of that gate to go then to show the driveway. And I couldn't get the gate open because it was all rusted and the lock was stuck. So I had to walk all the way back around the garden and start again. <laughs> so that's the, that's the fundamental things that can be noticed. Uh, the, the, also the chips, the cracks and the holes, uh, their placements and repairs and the chaos and the clutter. And um, this, is, this is the thing that you've got to, uh, I mean, put it this way, left ignored. These can become bargaining chips for buyers to haggle on your price. And you're kind of thinking, it's a scuff in the paint. But they're thinking, I'm going to have to repaint this whole house. That's yeah. that's what happened. And I'll, I'll guarantee you, if you've not painted your house for a while and there is a bit you've got to, they've got to paint, the, the, the th- what happens is they paint that bit and then it highlights every other bit that's not painted. That's why in the buyer's mind, remember it's the buyer we're thinking about here and how they think in order to maximise the value for you, the seller. Um, so in the buyer's mind, they think, I've got to spend all this money on decorating the whole house. And you go, wait a minute, but that's your choice. Mm-hmm. I know, but it still takes money out of the buyer's budget. And the buyer's budget is what we want in order to get the price at the end, which is often a lot more. Now, on average just now, we're six to 7,000 over the home report value in terms of what we're achieving. So that pays for all the fees and everything else. And you get, you basically get us for nothing and you get cash back in the exercise on some occasions. Mm-hmm. So that, here what you want to do um so instead of gaining the upper hand uh, so instead of that gain the upper hand with what we're about to talk about today we're turning these little jobs into big money to sell your home for more how That's much the key. who wants more for selling their home yes please 
And if anybody's out there going, oh, I'm not really sure. I just want to, I don't, I tell you what, I tell you what I do hear sometimes. I've got to, I've got to, because it's now popped into my head. I do hear people saying I don't want to be greedy. And I'm like, no, you're not being greedy. It's the fact that you're getting the right price for your house. Mm -hmm. You're getting the right price for your house. And what's happening here is the buyer is essentially being greedy because they're trying to negotiate a lower value in order for them to have more money. Mm -hmm. so, so that's why you um, that's why you employ an estate agent in the first place to people out there you employ an estate agent in the first place to negotiate this on on your behalf because you don't you don't know what you don't know and you don't understand that's the whole process process of negotiation the ultimate game here for negotiation is to have a win-win situation where the buyer's extremely happy with what they're about to pay and the seller's extremely happy with what they're about to get you do not want an imbalance because that causes a problem and could often cause a last-minute pull-out from the buyer. Oh, I found somewhere else. It's like, wait a minute, I thought you were buying mine. Well, solicitor took too long and we've no concluded missives. Mm -hmm. Or I would say they've no concluded missives because we often get this uh, this pushed on us. It's like, how come this? It's like, okay, but this is something out of our control. A solicitor is mm -hmm. out of control. It goes over the solicitor once we've sold it, subject to concluded missives, and the solicitor needs to progress that as quick as possible in order to get that conclusion of missives so a bargain has been struck. That's the key here. But let's mm -hmm. get back to the scuffs, the stains, and the marks. What's your thoughts on this, Perry? It is something that people get used to, isn't it? And from little accidents to regular wear and tear, um, you live in the home, so you don't necessarily always see it, do you? It's impossible for your decker to stay pristine. We all know that. We're living here. We've got our daily activities going on. You've got kids, you've got your dogs, you've got multiple cats climbing all over you, <laughs> as Jim has had yep. this morning. <laughs> Every morning. All those, yeah, all those things do do wear and tear, though, don't they? So, you know, it's difficult to keep your house pristine. Um, sometimes you need a little occasional helping hand to make the house nice. Um, mm -hmm. The few culprits to look out for that we often see watermarks old watermarks so you've maybe had a leak the weather today yeah. i'm sure some people will <laughs> and often the ceilings isn't there there's yeah. often uh, watermarks in the ceilings from maybe a defective uh, pipe on the bath or a radiator upstairs yeah. or as you said near the roofs especially in a, a you know a day like today with the, the torrential rain that we've had during the night so that can often uh, give out the wrong impression and and it's easy because We've done it as well. We've had it recently in our office in one of our rooms, and it's yeah. like it's been left for a considerable amount of time, and it is getting sorted because we're, we're we're just working through that just now. But the reality is, for somebody to walk in, they'll immediately think there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and it can be things that you don't actually even anticipate. It could be the valve in your toilet cisterns not working right, and it's leaking and dripping. It's little things, but they get fixed, don't they? And I think that's the key. You fix whatever's caused the leak, but actually. If you don't fix the marks afterwards, it's you say, Jim, it's that impression that people will get is what's that all about? Well, we fixed well, it. Well, have you? <laughs> yeah. It, well, it appears on the home report, doesn't it? The home yep. report actually mentions it and the fact that, you know, there is evidence that it's the water staining on the staining. ceiling or the side of the wall or wherever it is. Um, so this should be investigated. And it's like, for the price of lick of paint, you could have got rid of that remark. Because yeah. it, it sticks and it's a, it's a professional surveyor saying this. And even though it sounds so so innocent, which it is most of the time, mm -hmm. it just reflects on you. It reflects in the buyer's mind on what else could be wrong. 
that we don't yeah. know about. Exactly. But it's not just the buyer's mind, actually, as well. Um, if you think about it, it could actually delay the sale because you may require a mortgage. Your mortgage supplier may see that. Well, they will see the home report and they see that comment. They might go, mm, hang on, we might need to do a wee bit more investigative work. So all this yeah. additional investigations have to happen and that delays things for you, which goes back to the earlier comment you made that actually then the seller might go, actually, this is taking too long. We're never yeah. going to get a deal done here. Okay, and first it, phrase is find. Time kills all deals, every yeah. single time. So it's an easy way to fix this for anybody who's wanting to do a bit of DIY of their sales. Mm -hmm. Make sure you put an oil-based primer over mm -hmm. that staining, and then you can paint over it. Too many people continually paint loads and loads of layers of maybe a matte emulsion, um, and it just comes through eventually again. And it's the same way, you know, if you've been a smoker previously and you've actually taken sugar soap and taking all the all the nicotine off the walls, um, you still have to put an oil-based primer on there because it does come back through and you sh it shows. Yeah. So it make sure you've got an oil-based primer to do that and, uh, and, and make good the situation. What else do we need to think about then, Perry? Again, we talked about kids, you know, greasy hand marks and fingerprints. It's the big oh. thing. Oh, light switches. Light switches. Round light about switches. the light switches. Mm -hmm. But not only light switches as well. How many children actually use handles to open and close doors? They don't. They hold the door, don't they? So suddenly all the way down the inside of the door, you've got fingerprint right. marks. So mm -hmm. you know those things are really important as well. So doors, light switches, make your paintwork look much older and much more tired. Um, and that's a negative image that you're giving to yourself, your potential yeah. buyers as well. But that it easily removes. You can remove them with some a mix of white vinegar and some water. So literally yep. mix that together, get a nice cloth, rub it up and down the paint. You'll be surprised how quickly that comes off. A lot of people don't realise that white vinegar was the old thing that everybody used to use. They used to wash the windows with vinegar and newspaper. Newspaper? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was an easy, um, it was an easy option, and yet we we'll, all we'll run out for the latest cleaning contraption in order to do this. But or we we, we then go to paint the door when in actual fact that actually takes off. Because it's yeah. it, it, it's a it's a it's an alkaline base. It helps. Mm -hmm. um, the other ones as well is obviously animals. Be careful of them scratching the door all the time because it obviously mm -hmm. shows up over a period of time. And then um, cats sometimes, if you've got the door, they end up pulling the carpet in the corner in order yeah. to get out. So just be just be mindful of that um, before you start your journey. Um, and it is worth it is worth actually getting someone out an estate agent to give a fresh pair of eyes and give an honest opinion. Mm -hmm. you, know, you, you get an estate agent through the door, tell them to give you their honest opinion straight away don't because most estate agents don't want to offend people because they're obviously wanting a house sale but just yeah. you're better just to say look give me an honest opinion about the situation what i need to do in order to get this sale ready and uh, and, and i respect you for that so give them permission to do that that is really important to do actually and i often see that and then when you go to then do the video work the house looks fantastic because they've taken on board that advice and they've made those small changes and there are just small changes it's not big things or big money you're needing to spend small changes make a fundamental difference don't they and believe it you know well i was going to say believe it or not but it is a, it is true when you walk into a room or a house as as a, as a person looking to buy or just for the first time and you smell oil-based primer and paints and you smell mm -hmm. cleaning uh, materials you then begin to think straight away oh it's actually get, it's been looked after you do exactly i think it's a good sign anybody consider out there then so as well as your paintwork um doors you're also looking at your walls and your hallways 
because they're yeah. obviously they're the largest part of a property as well so they're really going to stand out but the hallway as well it goes back to the squeaky floorboard as soon as you walk into the house it's almost the first thing you see as well so again you want that good impression so stairs landings are particularly prone to getting scuffs um because you've always got it's a small space and you've got all this traffic going through it every day people going up and down the stairs kids running up and down the hallways it's where all the commotion starts in a home doesn't it so you know that's the circulation spaces of a property they can often simply be cleaned by just washing it off depending on what paint you've used so it's really simple to get rid of those stains and scuffs isn't it and yet how do we make it so difficult <laughs> <laughs> you know think about it we do make it so difficult don't we we do i mean i actually took on board so i was going to say i took on board some of some of our advice this morning i went yeah. to my kitchen so we've bought a a new air fryer so we bought a new ninja i've been wanting a double drawer one for ages but anyway there are other models out there so we got this morning billy's unpacked it all he's put it in the kitchen and i think oh it's so much bigger than my last one and then suddenly everything else i thought i've got no space on this bunker so i've done a whole declutter but see when i moved everything oh my goodness i'm actually quite embarrassed about how much toast crumbs was underneath and yeah. on the backsplash like <laughs> oily bits i was like where did all that come from and my well, house you, i think is clean it's like when you move the cooker yeah. <laughs> or the washing machine or the fridge freezer and it's like oh my goodness what's underneath here oh i know so yeah. dealing with these will go a long way to reviving your decor but and so your home feels actually fresh loved and actually inviting to everyone that comes along with you mm-hmm. what's the kind of well we just touched on it the other now the squeaks and the groans and the wobbles but you know mm-hmm. what should we be i mean just like humans old age creeps up on every home <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and, and 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 the creaks become the norm and it gets worse as we ignore the signs. Um, so what things should we think about to test and fix that, Perry? I think the big thing for me is taps. There's nothing worse if you go into bathrooms or kitchens and you've got leaky, wobbly taps. It just doesn't look great. It doesn't set a good impression, does it? Um, so I think having constant drips is never a good thing. Or a whine when you turn them on or off, it's never a good thing because it's an indicator something's not right. Um, buyers often like to test water pressure as well. It's strange how often we get that. People like want to flush toilets and things. It's yeah. just what, what people want to do, make sure things are working and you can understand that. So. It's a lot to do with going back to the old water pressure testing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, water pressure never used to be that great in most houses because yeah. we didn't have the technology at the time to ensure that was that was adequate. So therefore, people used to test things like showers because it's like if I'm in the shower, is it just going to be a drip, you know, a drizzly drip, or is it actually going to be a proper power shower? You know, I'm going to I'm going to get woken up in the morning. I'm going to get invigorated in the morning. That's what people yeah. like to think. Hence the reason why they do that um, as well. And so that's it. And and then if you get a tap, it whines, even though it's the whistle from the tap as it water comes through quicker, like you do in a bottle and you blow the bottle at a certain angle and it, it gives that noise. Um, People actually obviously think straight away there's something wrong with the boiler. Mm-hmm. They do. And then they start to think thousands. No, mm-hmm. <laughs> never mind a couple of couple of hundred or maybe a fifty pound to get that fixed. It's like now in their mind they're thinking, oh, thousands. This is going to cost exactly. money now. And actually, it might not cost a great deal at all to the seller because it may just be that it's a new washer that's needed or the fixings maybe just need to be replaced. So you know that's a really economical fix. Mm-hmm. I think from that as well, doors that scrape the floors, never a good thing. Um, again, because you see, not only do you hear it and see it and feel it, but actually the floors all get marked as well. And again, it's an indicator that there's something wrong. If there's wooden flooring and it's scraping, 
but the person who's looking to buy doesn't want wooden flooring, wants to put a carpet in, then suddenly they're thinking, hang on, I've got to take doors off, I've got to get that done, I've got and suddenly it's a big job, isn't it? Squeaky hinges. Mm-hmm. Another one as well, eh? And for mm-hmm. all it is, just to put a bit of, I'll be honest, if you've not got any oil or grease or anything or WD-40 in your house, you can get away with putting a bit of soapy liquid on it, washing mm-hmm. up liquid to yeah. do that um, and that'll take the squeak away temporarily until you can do it because remember it's a degreaser washing up liquid so you'll need to clean it off now you need to put proper oil on it if that's the case because eventually over a period of time it will it will get worse um, so yeah. that could be a temporary measure if you get caught short with that and um, what, what what other things then would that lead us to you've also got to look at locks that rattle as well so again if the locks are rattling a person's thinking is this secure Am I going to feel safe? Can I lock up properly? That's never a good thing as well. Um, they're all noisy interrupters as well. You know, that calm's getting taken out of the house, isn't it? People mm-hmm. are thinking, well, hang on, this is noisy. I'm not feeling this now. And we talk about everything's emotional when you're buying a house. We talk about that often, don't we? So I think it's, that doesn't help. It's the chi. It's the chi in the house. You know, to yeah. use, a, use a new age expression or a current mm-hmm. expression now is it's really the chi. It's how the house flows. It's how mm-hmm. people feel when they walk in the door. And, yeah. you know, years ago, everybody used to say, has it got big rooms? Is it wind and water tight? I'll take it. Now it's now it's really down to a lot of comfort because mm-hmm. most houses are are on, on the same par now. So it's all about separating in that sort of comfort level mm-hmm. and how easy is it for someone to move in straight away and possibly even do things as they go um, because they've maybe got a limited budget. Or um, the other one is it's, it's ready to go. They don't need to do anything at all. It's when yeah. it's when in this market, in this kind of market where it's turning to kind of balancing between a buyer's and a seller's market just now, it's it's you've got to then make it easy for someone so they don't need to part with a lot of money to do anything to your house before they move in. Long Absolutely. Gone, you know, the boom market, the boom market, you were paying, you know, easy. You, oh, I, could, I could just do that before I move in or when I move in. I'm not really particularly bothered about that because I've got the funds, I've got the money for it. But now it's now it's like, oh, I've got some choice now. So there's you know, the shoes on the other foot. Yeah, absolutely. So it's about making that easy for them. It's making them feel calm when they're walking through the house. It's making them get that warm feeling about the property. But actually, it's also making your stand out from the other properties. And yeah. you're being a little bit disruptive because you've done all those things that are actually important to the person that's viewing. That's a good point, because, you know, when you think about it, if people have, because of, there's a, quite a lot of properties on the market just now, so because people have a choice now, they've maybe got viewings lined up elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So it could mean the difference between if you've got exactly the same house in the same street, possibly, because it's maybe a, a new built territory from previous, um, and they go to one and then they go to the other, and one's, you know, not these things looked after, and you've got the squeaky floors, you've got the wobbly handles, you've got the fiddly locks, you've got the all the different things that we spoke about previously, the stains, the scuff marks and the rest of it, um, and the other one doesn't have that, um, who do you think they're more likely to buy? They're, they're exactly. going to buy one the easier option for them. It, it's human, natural human behaviour. Um, water will take the path of least resistance, is mm-hmm. the expression here. And I think That's it's natural human behaviour to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. We talked about water stains as well, and one of the other things to look at as well when you're looking at the chips, cracks and holes is slipped or missing roof tiles as well is a big thing. Um, you know, or a lot of properties in Fife, we see slates still on the roofs as well. So if you've got slipped slates, that's something, again, yeah. just if you're paying attention to maybe looking at. So look inside your loft, um, get up in 
the outside as well have a nose around. Um, if there are any, get them replaced. Um, or sometimes actually they're not even broken, they just need to be pushed back into position. So it's just a case of really quick fix jobs. Um, but yeah, replace them if it's necessary, especially again, if you've got days like today, because you could be creating another issue for yourself where it's wintry weather we're coming into. Yeah, but then when we go back to the wobbly handrails and the ballast rails and the stairs and stuff like that, there might be there, there might be a common for older homes. Mm -hmm. That's quite that's quite a normal thing to have. But rather mm -hmm. than adding to the charm, you know, produce startle shutters from from viewers. You know, mm -hmm. you know, it, it's it's it it. You, I mean, viewers are going to be quite perturbed about the fact that you know it's a classic example when you're walking up uh when you're walking up a stairs for the first time and you you hold the balustrade and it starts to squeak and it starts to wobble mm -hmm. uh, is it the impression that somebody instantly thinks they're going to fall over that that's going to give way and i'm going to fall over and i'm going to break my neck and that's an extreme yeah. thing but that, that could go through someone's mind eh? it can do and what you <laughs> this particular topic is the squeaks groans and wobbles and actually when you talked about that about age i'm at that kind of point so you know i've got like a bit of arthritis in my hips and things like that so i like to hold on to the balustrade if i if i can't do that i'll get quite anxious so other people are going to feel that same way so it's important to make sure that those are fixed yeah so ultimately from a aside from a little background music only sounds that you want to hear on viewings are uh, enthusiastic commentary from your agent i suppose um, yeah. And the murmurs of an approval from potential buyers, buyers mm -hmm. that's that's really what you're looking for. You touched mm -hmm. on it just the other now about the chips, cracks and holes. I mean, from regular comings and goings to seasonal temperature changes and this and a sky that loves to rain, mm -hmm. clearly, mm -hmm. as on today, the weather and the daily life take their toll in everybody's home with typical signs that include, I mean, here's, here's the one for me when you immediately do the curb appeal. And you see the chipped and the flaked putting work and the, the window frames. You know, some windows are actually looking, they've had better days. And the doors and the skirting boards are, you know, again, they're not exactly in the best state of, you know, of, of play. Um, they can make the entire room and the exterior is actually quite tatty, can't they? They can do, and it doesn't look great. Um, really important to make sure that they're maintained. Makes a big, big difference. Yeah. Ultimately, it can change the whole look of your property and the whole feel before the person even comes in the door. Really mm. important. Cracks think... and plaster work. I noticed that previously. Now, where yeah. did I see that recently? <clears throat> and I was walking around uh, East Links, Windcross. In the hall, there's a crack across the top of the ceiling, but it's really just a laughing plaster. It's been there for probably 100 years. And it's just, it's just basically a crack. And it's like, well, what's the point of fixing it? Because we're moving anyway. Sometimes I would think, maybe just actually fix it in mm -hmm. the short term it might it might mean painting the whole ceiling it might mean painting the whole room um but it is kind of worth it sometimes now it's mm -hmm. easy for a, a property of that age to say well that's just normal settlement that's a yeah. hundred years worth and if that's a hundred years worth and it's like one or two millimeters i don't think you've got anything about sometimes if that's said in the right way it can actually be a positive rather than a negative in terms, of, in terms of how you're doing it. But I do think um, cracks and plaster work and in, in, in between the walls and stuff, and especially outside as well, the millions mm -hmm. as well outside on when you see the, the below the windows and above the windows as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and then obviously the rough cast and sometimes it's fallen off or it's boss yeah. or something like that. It's maybe just worth getting that done. It just doesn't look right. 
Uh, but even internally as well, though, even around your skirting boards, one of the things I don't like is if you see the skirting board and it's kind of come, it looks as almost as if it's come away from the wall when it hasn't. Oh. All that's happened is that you've just not put some decorative caulk in it. If you put that in there and it just seals it up, it just gives a yeah, false image, might. doesn't it? Because you kind of think that uh, are they coming away from the wall because it's damp? Is there another hidden problem? It's just another buzz to kind of a negative. And the reality is some people out there right now will be thinking, no, we don't think that at all. But there is another fifty percent of the population that will be thinking that, <laughs> and and I don't think that I don't think that's what that as, as we as people don't realise there is other people that actually think completely different to us. Apparently, yeah. seventy five percent of other people don't think like us at all. Um, <laughs> so we have a so we don't and, and we actually think that everybody thinks like us, and it's only because we attract like, don't we? And because yeah. we're attracting like, we're in our own unique situation where everybody thinks almost the same sort of mentality. Therefore, when you come up with something like that, everybody goes, nah, I, would, I wouldn't have bother about that. But the reality is 75% of the other people actually do bother about that completely. Yeah. So that's the sort of thing you'd, you'd, you'd hit the nail on the head by a, a bit of decorator's cork and, and, and a repaint. That could sort that problem straight away. You did touch on the slipped and roof tiles um, mm -hmm. inside and outside. Uh, look inside your loft and up and up at the outside. That, now, see, for me, I've often wondered when a roofer comes round, maybe a roofer's watching this and they might be able to comment on this. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you get this experience, but when a roofer comes round, and I've got quite a lot of experience because I have a big buy-to-let portfolio and I've had a number of roofers over the years. But they come round and they look at your roof and they go, yeah, it's your skew and it's your chip slates and it's that and it's maybe your chimney. And I'm like, you've not even looked inside to see what problem it's causing. <laughs> it's like you've just assumed straight away that that's the problem and it's mm -hmm. you've not looked inside to actually see where the problem lies so this is where it's important to actually get up inside your loft or mm -hmm. wherever it is and actually and actually look outside and see where you see the glaring light coming in mm -hmm. and that's the key here and then get them to put whatever it is back in position to where that is, maybe it's a slip to, maybe it's a slip tile, maybe it is the skew down the side where people have got the elevated, um, uh, uh, what's the, the coping stones at the end, I think that's what they're called. Maybe, and a lot of people don't realise this, this is a classic of, uh, you maybe don't have any undies. <laughs> you maybe don't have any undies. <laughs> Please explain. I, yes, exactly. I'm going to explain. Well, I go red. Um, the undies. So, uh, when you get to the bottom of the gutter on the roof, and and people will will be embarrassed to say this to the the roofers, but this is what causes a problem sometimes uh, when the water's running down the wall into your property, and yet you've got a downstairs property, um, and yet it's, it is actually coming from the roof. It's not coming from the outside of the wall, possibly, mm -hmm. because what happens is you're you, when you get right to the end of the roof, when you come right down to that slope, you've obviously got to put slates on, you know, one after the other. But the slates don't overlap with each other. So there's a wee space in between and here, right down at the very bottom. And that's what you have to put what you call an undie underneath to cover that space. So it's like a tiny wee thin slate just to cover that space in between where the two slates actually meet right at the very bottom where it gets the gutter. And that's why it's called your undies because it goes under that um, oh, for that right, reason. Okay. Now, if you don't solve that problem or if they start to come out, what happens is the water goes in between these two, right? And then it runs right into the wall cavity, runs right down the cavity in between the two walls on your property. And then that's why it gets into your flat at the bottom. Because then it soaks the wall there. 
So often a lot of people think it's something to do with, you know, something else completely different, but it is often because of these, these what they call the undies in between, um, uh, the, the bottom slates as they meet the gutter. And um, it could be you've got OJ Gutton. So you've got the old classic hundred year old OJ Gutton style where it's cast iron gutter sitting on the wooden the wooden plant um, where it, and, and it's bolted into it. Now it's difficult because if you're in blocks of flats to, um, this is me getting technical, but it's good to know, um, if you're in, it's difficult when you're getting in blocks of flats because you've got them all sitting on the on the top of the wall on mm -hmm. the actual wooden board and that's where they're put. But the difficulty is if you start to change your one, then you disrupt everybody else's one in terms of the joints and the seals because they all go right along into their properties as well. So what you have to do is you sometimes have to just, you know, basically get all that back to the point where you've got the joint exposed and then you have to reseal it with proper, you know, proper tar and felt or top of, mm -hmm. um, Kind of like a, a a far better version of what we call the 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 sticky tape it used. You know the big silver sticky tape. Oh thing? yes, yes. That sort of thing. But then what it is, it's got tar on the back of it. Then the torture and the torture and so the tar actually melts into yes. the actual joint and seals it. But it's actually got a silver proper seal on it, so it's like becomes part of the fabric. Therefore, that that stops it going through as well into your cavity and down into your wall as well. So mm -hmm. all different meanings, uh, all different ways that you can solve that. But mm -hmm. I, I do often get confused when when roofers just go and go, oh, well, it's just that and it's that and it's that. And it's like, well, you've not actually looked inside and you've not been mm -hmm. up in that. So how do you know it's that? Mm -hmm. um, oh, I just know. Don't take the word for it, by the way. There is there is a lot of a lot of cowboys out there when it comes to roofing. Yeah. So you have to be extremely careful because it can cost you an absolute fortune for getting something fixed that you don't get fixed at all. Um, and I will, as a point of a point of order here, watch out for the people that visit your door. I'm just going to do your roof if you want. I can do these and repair these slates, and then by the time they get up on the roof, they go, "Do you know you're needing your ridges done? Do you know you're needing the gutter done?" Do you know mm. you need your, your, the the you know the skew done as well? And it's like, oh, what's that? And it's like, oh, well, it's this and it's that. And it's like, oh, wait a minute. Next minute, your couple of hundred pound bill is now two or three thousand. Yeah. So just be careful of that. Um, anybody mm -hmm. out there is tuning in. Um, mm -hmm. uh, now, all of this really ultimately can leave buyers wondering whether a ma whether major work and expense are waiting in the wings. So it's really worth sorting them out before you before you remove to remove that concern in their mind. Yeah. What about replacements and repairs? What should we be doing there? I think that's important as well. I mean, no matter how stylish your home is, if your viewers are constantly greeted with damaged or deteriorating fittings, yeah, they may feel that they're taking on a bunch of hidden problems. And I often see that. And it's like you said earlier, when we're even talking about the kind of painting and the decorating, it's like if you've you walk into a property and all of the rooms need done and only one of them has been done, you kind of go, yeah. mm, why did they do that room and not the rest of the rooms? <laughs> you know, there's just this thing that yeah. people think. It's the mentality of it. Yep. So most glaring things that we come across are cracked or broken glass. That's a yeah. big factor. So it's not a great look as well. You know, if any door or window's got a crack or a little hole in it, just Burst replace seals. it. Burst seals as well, not a great thing. So just replace those panes. It's easy to get that done, Jim, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, for the, for the cost of... A burst seal on a double glazing unit. If you've got the proper, um, you've got the proper type of windows. You've got a more modern type of window. You can just take the take the the wee uh, holders out, uh, and then you can actually put the window in and then push them all back in. So it literally takes a double glazing person, a, a, a repairer, 
for maybe a couple of hours to do that. Mm -hmm. So all they need to do is get the sizes in the first place, get the double glazing unit ordered and put it in. Same with Velux windows. Velux windows are renowned for bursting their, their, their panes because they sit on, by nature, they're sitting on the roof yeah. and the roof's going to get all the heat. And that's why the Velux windows usually burst the, burst the seal already on the double glazing. So it's easy to get a kit off for your for your double glazing unit. I'm giving a repair session here, aren't I? You're going to repair all these things yourself. Um, if you go, if you if you pull down your Velux window and you, your trickle vent, and you pull your trickle vent back on the Velux window at the top, where how you're pulling it down, you've got a wee code, a GGL code. It will it will it will appear in the bottom right hand corner of that of the when you're pulling that down on the on the actual plate so you've got a plate and it's got a, a ggl code so sometimes ggl c4 so all you need to do is uh, look up replacement kit for ggl4 c and you'll get loads of kits on, on site so on, on the internet so then you order one of these they're usually about 100 quid to order and then you can literally just turn the velux window right round you take the screws out either side. You can lift the Velux window into your house. You don't need um, any scaffolding for this. You just push it up, lift it in, into your house. You take the screws out. You take the pane out. You clean everything around. You put the new pane back in. You put the the the, the bitumen seal round again. And then you put the, the metal plates back on. You screw them on. Job done. Put it back into your Velux window. Slot it back in. Take the screws back out again. Perfect window, just like that. Yeah. So, and you could get an easy, you could easily get a handy man to do that as well. So, so replacing burst panes in a Velux window isn't that difficult. Mm -hmm. It doesn't need anybody to go do anything from the outside. It's all done from the inside. It's easy to do. So, it can make anybody, a fundamental difference. Huh? Yeah. It well, it's because most Velux windows have some sort of stunning view. Mm -hmm. So, sure. if you've not got because it's at the top of the house, isn't it? And it's going to overlook something or, or, or somewhere. Or it's going to look to somewhere. So it's probably the one that you want to capitalise on the most. Absolutely. And that's why you would want to get that sorted. But it, it literally can be sorted. You know, if you have the kit, it can be sorted in a couple of hours quite easily um, by somebody that knows what they're doing. Somebody's got a wee bit of, you know, strength in them because it takes a wee bit to lift up that frame out and actually bring it into the house. But, but it can be done quite easily by a handyman. So that's mm -hmm. that's one which I definitely think when you've got um, cracked or broken glass or bust seals or anything like that, it doesn't look great because that's what the views are. That's what most people look towards, isn't it? Definitely. Absolutely. I think the other thing for me as well is rusty radiators. We see that often. You know, they really bring a room down, don't they? And they're not expensive the to toilet. replace. And the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> Next to the WC. Generally always there. <laughs> Never looks great. But it's no. really important and easy to replace them, though. You know, you can get low cost designer upgrades as well, which always look really nice. So, again, just adds in a little bit of class. Alternatively, paint them to match the walls as well. Yeah. So, you know, you can paint them, you get radiator paint, and it's easy to do. In all honesty, and even if you don't want to do that, just give it just give it a wee uh, a wash back or something like that, a bit of sandpaper just to take the just to take the rust off it, and then just mm -hmm. paint over it. Even though it doesn't look the best, it's going to look a hell of a lot better than it is with the rust. Yeah. It does definitely. Um, I quite like some of the designer ones that are out there as well, and they're inexpensive, and they can be quite a nice statement in room. So again, if your kind of decor is that you're quite plain, um, Wendy's asking the question there: Are designer radiators worth doing? Yes, absolutely. Depending on what the room is like, you know, it could be a case of that you've got quite a plain wall set up and you've got neutral design. 
and you get lovely nice gray ones all different colors you get nowadays but actually they have you have ones with mirrors etc in yeah. them as well and it just is a really nice statement piece in a room as well and my, advice though, my advice though would be yes on on the face of it it is but it might be cost prohibitive depending on what you've got so yes. my advice wendy for that as well is probably getting a state agent out hello <laughs> or hello we're here. Probably getting a stage now, if you're in Fife, um, to actually advise you if that's worth doing or not. Um, because it can add significant value. I mean, classic one for adding significant value to houses is Linda Martin. You know, she does it all the time yeah. when she flips houses. She knows exactly the formula for success for actually getting the maximum amount of money out of a house, even probably more. Um, but on the general run of the mill stuff, if you're not wanting to do that and go to that extreme of completely refurbishing a house right, and changing kitchens and everything like that, and just doing design the radiators, it it you're better to get you're better to get an estate agent out to see if it will add that significant value or not. Mm. But you know, rule of thumb, people like to see design the radiators. It looks really nice when you walk in. So you just see a vertical radiator, you immediately think quality. You do instant, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Does makes a big big difference. But as I say, you can get low low cost ones as well. So it just depends really what you're looking for. Um, for me as well, it's about collapsing garden fences and walls. There's nothing worse if you pull out somewhere and the fence is hanging over. We've got really windy weather just now as well, so it doesn't mm. look great. We're coming into the winter months, so you're going to start getting the green mold on the fencing as well. So again, before winter comes and you're thinking of selling, a good lick of paint is something that's maybe worthwhile doing. It looks so unsightly if it's not being done. Um, yeah. It suggests a lack of care as well that we spoke about earlier on. And safety concerns as well for families and children. Fixing them right. is a smart move, isn't it? I mean, a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people, me included, will all concentrate on the interior of the house, but we never think about the garden. And the Sorry. garden's the most... <laughs> I've got somebody at the door, the John's garden, The garden's, John's the, garden's the most important thing. The garden's the most important thing, isn't it? Because the garden actually sets the tone, because now... It's another usable space for people to yeah. to, to enjoy. So mm -hmm. that's that's what I think's key about that. And you're right, it doesn't look great, especially when it's the next door neighbours. Yeah. So the next door neighbour, the, the the fence has fallen down. It's just been left there. It's been taken away, and people walk out the back door and they go, "Yeah, everything looks great in there." And they walk out the back door and went, "Okay, so is my mm -hmm. garden part of next doors then? Is there, yeah. Yeah. you know, it's, there's no sort of divide there. There's no sort of." You know impression that this is your this is your home you know mm -hmm. this whole thing about you know a home is your castle it's it's that sort of thing yeah um and it's that's why people, aren't they about their houses yeah, and their garden like space buy it so it's like mm -hmm. i've got to then put a fence up and a fence is maybe the best part of what 500 to a thousand pounds on some occasions yeah could be more depending on the size of your garden it also tells you it possibly the neighbor doesn't want to put their hand in their pocket for any improvements that are mutual between the both properties especially their terraced houses or semi-detached so mm -hmm. then it gives the impression that the neighbor isn't the best neighbor you could want yes. so you've, you've got to think about where that takes someone else's mind in terms of the buyer mm -hmm. this is remember this is this is all about going we could get to the point of oh my god i've got to do everything before i sell my house but the reality is we're just telling you everything that could possibly be the case it's never going to be like that all the time every time for everyone no, this whole bag of tricks doesn't apply yeah. to all. <laughs> it's not. It's not everything that this applies to because somebody could get analysis paralysis, and mm -hmm. they could think, "I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to do this." I walk in the door, and then I go, 
do you know, you, need, you didn't need to do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you spent an absolute fortune on doing something that wasn't necessary at all. Again, that's why it's important to get someone in that knows what they're doing mm-hmm. and knows what they're talking about. So a simple rule for to sell for the highest price is to repair or replace anything clearly broken or worn out, and particularly when it's in full view or when the buyers come to look. Mm-hmm. That's a key point, actually, 100%. The other thing as well that we often advise on is chaos and clutter. Jeez, clutter. <laughs> clutter is the thing. <laughs> One thing that puts everybody off is the clutter. Now, I know most people will have a huge family sometimes and it's all the toys are all over the place and it's what do I do, where do I go, how do I, how do I organise this? This is mm-hmm. going to be utter chaos trying to do viewings with them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, that's probably why you get someone to do the viewings for you. Yeah. So you can just take all that chaos out of the house for that period of time. Make it an enjoyable event. You know, make it like we're going to McDonald's. There are yeah. other restaurants and other rest of it, but kids generally respond to we're going to McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> they absolutely like, do. Like, they're they're then encouraging. When's the next viewer coming, Mum? <laughs> so we're just, <laughs> when's the next viewer coming, Dad? So we can go to McDonald's and um, that sort of thing. So they take part in it as well, and they feel really good about it as well. So these these are all good tips in order to encourage a larger family um, to vacate the house at the time yeah. in order to in order to get the viewing done right if you've got dogs or cats or anything some people don't like cats some people don't like dogs yeah. again that's why you don't really want to have them present in the house at the time because it gives some people another excuse to you know and it puts it puts it puts a buyer off possibly um, it does all, do. all the way to think about is that isn't it yeah absolutely 100 percent. it's like you said earlier on with all the things that we've spoken about so far not everything applies to to all but one of the most effective methods for making your home look more expensive, spacious and appealing yeah. is the one that doesn't cost a penny. Tidy up. <laughs> it's a really easy task, isn't it? Yeah. For some people, um, it's quite difficult. <laughs> it is for some. Um, I've been in your home office, Jim. <laughs> yeah. It's organised chaos. It's organised chaos. You know where everything is. What do you mean? It's a new studio. <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> brilliant but some tips that we would give you that are quick fixes are paperwork belongs on a desk yeah Uh, anything that hits the floor is going to the shredder remember that's why it hits the floor (laughs) now and it is an organized pile on the floor by the way for anybody out there (laughs) so paperwork should be on desks um or shelves or in a cupboard and there's no other place it looks good or right um yeah. grab some ring binders as well you know if you are looking to organize yourself we've got a lot of people now that are home office working haven't we and we're not used to it so our homes weren't generally designed for that were they suddenly lockdown came and everybody was working at home and we had to kind of think right how am i going to do this my dining table's getting taken over <laughs> do you know what i find hilarious it's when people go to sell their house all of a sudden there's a there's a there's a drive and now there's a goal to actually get it all tidied and get it how they wanted it in the first place so they live with it in a in a constant um a constant state of clutter and chaos for their whole time that they're in there and their dream house and it's not really their dream house as such at, at that point in time but their dream house appears when they're going to sell it because no. that's when they, that's when the declutter and it's like we better get the kitchen done we better get the bathroom done and it's like it's red it's like it's like when my dad used to buy a brand new car we had to sit on the on the on the actual cellophane on the back seats 
Yeah. For the whole time the car was there, when we bought a suite for the house, we had to sit on all the plastic seating, you know, the cover. It was on it when it came, we delivered. So the so the sofa wouldn't get destroyed. And then the day we were thrown out, it's like, oh, we better take the we better take the cellophane off it. Oh, this is really good actually. Well, it's broken <laughs> now. We'll have to throw it out. Just make it good how it is now. Enjoy yeah. it while you've got it. Don't you don't need to do it when you're selling it. Do it before you sell it so you have some use of it and some enjoyment out of it as well. It's true though, isn't it? It's just the way that it is. But it's important to put things away. So get some organizers, get some pocket files, get things straight, get them structured, get them organized. And actually, not only will, as Jim says, it make your house look great, your mind will be tidier for doing it as well, which is even better. Oh, Andrea makes a good point. I'm going to show this one. Sometimes people think they need a bigger house, but in reality, they just need less clutter and more organized rooms. <laughs> it's true, isn't it? It is true. It's true. It's like, I need a bigger house. What for? To put all my clutter in. Because literally what you're doing is then you get rid of all that clutter and you go to the bigger house and you think, this is a bit big now. Maybe we should downsize. <laughs> well, downsizing is a great way to get rid of your clutter. I did that. It was fantastic. <laughs> I think I think that, that, that that's a good point, Perry. But I think that's why you get in a stage and out in the first place to actually give you that honest opinion about where you are right now. And actually, if, they, if, they're, if they're truthful in their job and they, and they deliver the facts then sometimes you might come at the conclusion that um, you don't need to sell your house. You're actually in the right house in the first place. Mm -hmm. and, and often, you know, a couple of times I've actually done that. I've actually walked away and I've said, I wouldn't be selling my house. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be selling your house at all. And, and for that reason, for this reason, for that reason, and this reason. And then they've gone, yeah, you're absolutely right. I never, I never even thought about it like that. And therefore, because that's, that's their job. That, well, that, that's who I see my job. My job is to give somebody the facts and deliver the facts based on where they are now and where they want to be. Mm -hmm. And if the facts mean it, they shouldn't be selling their house, then I'll tell them you shouldn't be selling your house for these reasons. And then it's up to them whether they want to believe that or not or whether they want to take that on board, unless mm -hmm. they're not telling you something that you don't, you don't know and yeah. that's why you're saying that. And then yeah. they make the decision, OK, I'm going to sell my house. And it's like, you know, hopefully you'll choose me because I'm the person telling you what you need to do. Um, mm -hmm. So I've delivered probably that honesty and that trust. Yeah, it's it's a big factor, isn't it? But as well as kind of the declutter thing when we're talking about the paperwork, etc., it's also shelves and, and sideboards and cupboard tops. We collect so much stuff through life, don't we? And we say, oh, that's a broth spot. Before you know it, you've got 10 things on there when really three will do. <laughs> so you really have to look at that as well, don't you? So styling is a big thing style your shelves and the tops of your sideboards your fireplaces in particular because they're a focal point in a room and people are drawn to them so make that look as nice as you can it's a big factor we've got two places in our house where the clutter goes to die <laughs> literally <laughs> two places in the house that the clutter goes to die we've got an upstairs storage room which you can actually put a whole lot of stuff in with shelving and all that that is full packed to the gunnels now We've got what was my fitness room, where Scott thinks that all his lighting and equipment should go in that room now because he doesn't want it in his bedroom because it'll cramp his style for his, mm -hmm. for his theatre and light production that he works at the buyer in St Andrews. So all his tools and that are all in there, stacked, filled to the gunnels. And I can't get into the running machine, I can't get into the rowing machine, and this is the reality. I, I have got stuff in my garage that I've never looked at for the last 15 years I was here. And it's still in my garage today. And I'm thinking, 
I should have got rid of that years and my camper van sitting outside. <laughs> <laughs> my camper van sitting outside in the rain, and I've got stuff in my garage that I've never looked at for 15 years. It could have been chucked, and my camper van could be sitting in the garage. Is that no quite a typical story for most people? A hundred percent is. Oh, when I we ask, moved the last time, can I ask when we moved the last time, I literally had boxes that were marked from three moves ago. So about 15 years, these things have been in boxes and have continued to be moved. And Billy said, Perry, let's not unpack it because actually it's been in that box for about a dozen years. We didn't need it. Yeah. The children count as clutter. <laughs> oh, I've got a divine. <laughs> what other things do we need to think about then? Because sideboards, you know yourself, you, you'd said yourself, the side, sideboard and the fireplaces are classic for that. You put loads and loads of ornaments on there, and you're absolutely right. They just gather dust, and you just keep dusting them all the time, but they're not doing any good jo job at all. And it's yeah. just that combination of everything. When people bring back souvenirs from abroad, it's, they, they all go there. Oh, I better put them there. When you've got photographs, oh, I better put them there. I better put them there. I better put them there. But the reality is, you know, it is a huge amount of clutter. Um, yeah, yeah. What you sort of things? What sort of things should we be doing doing with that? Um, and and what other things do we need to think about in terms of chaos and clutter? So you definitely need to be styling them. So less is more in these occasions. So your sideboards, as I say, fireplaces that are focal point, tables, chests of drawers, yep. kitchen surfaces. It's so easy actually in your kitchen just to have stuff everywhere. I commented on it earlier on with getting the new air fryer and then suddenly how do we change things and make things look a bit more tidy because it's taken up more space. So it's about just maybe trying to put some things away that you don't particularly use every day. So if you've got like a nice understairs cupboard, make it into a nice larder, get everything in there, which helps you. Hands up, um, who, keep, hands up who keeps all their clothes and they'll never ever fit into them again. <laughs> Everyone does. I've got a spare wardrobe with stuff after. <laughs> I've never fit into it again. It's like if I, I could fit into that 1980s suit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I've got anything from the 80s right or even, now. Or even the nostalgia. Well, it's the, the black suit with the green fleck. <laughs> <laughs> from Burton's. <laughs> but but we do do that. We do do that, don't we? It's we like do. you keep all that stuff. Um, you keep all that stuff and you're like, oh, why on earth do I need it? And it's and it's maybe shirts that you'll never ever use again that are falling apart. It's t-shirts you think, oh, I'll need to keep that. It's from, you know, Woodstock from 1977 and it's sat in your, you've never worn it ever again, but it's sat in your cupboard all that time in your wardrobe. So you've literally got another wardrobe. It, the same thing comes to food. It's decluttering and cluttering, eh? Food, it's like, how many fridge freezers do you need? How many freezers do you need? My mother has a fridge freezer in the kitchen. She has another freezer in the laundry. And she has another freezer in the garage. And it's only the two of them now. I, are we expecting a nuclear fallout at some point in time, Mum? <laughs> <laughs> but this is a habit born out of having a large family. And yeah. it, just, it just sticks with you, doesn't it? All these habits stick with you. They do, they do. So definitely worthwhile decluttering those, making them a bit user-friendly. Make sure your surfaces are clean, tidy, and presented rather than overloaded is the big thing as well. Um, so whilst you want to have all your knickknacks out for this particular moment, just box some of it up, stick them in a cupboard. You can bring them all out when you've moved. So that's a really important thing. And if you're not really sure where to begin because it feels maybe a bit overwhelming, 
go online. There's so many great suggestion websites. You know, Pinterest is one, one of the sites you can go on and have a wee look at and get some top tips. But actually, if you just go on and search styling, you'll find something. And that might be give you some top tips of how you can yeah, go ahead of it as well. Point, yeah. yeah. Other thing to look at as well is move or remove items of furniture to create extra space or improvement lines. There actually is nothing worse if you've got furniture stacked up against windows or patio doors. It just makes everything look smaller. I'll be honest, this, this comes back to a lot of the times a lot of people have furniture in their house that they've inherited from family because mm -hmm. somebody says, I'm going to put this out. Is anybody wanting it? And you go, oh, that looks a good bit of furniture. I'll take it. And all you're doing, uh, literally all you're doing is taking their, taking their rubbish. Mm -hmm. You're just taking their junk. And, and it sits in your house. And guess what? When you're ready to move, you then go, does anybody want this bit of furniture? <laughs> and, and you've never used it. You've never used yeah. it at all. It's just, it's just, it's an emotional attachment to that bit yes. of furniture that you've got. And I know that because my mother's got the same thing. She's got the, the display cabinet from my, from her mother. And, mm -hmm. and it literally sits in a room. And that room is almost, a, you know, almost there uh, with all that stuff in. And nobody ever uses it. So literally, yeah. it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a room to gather all the junk, uh, mm -hmm. effectively. And, it, and it's not, it, it doesn't sound nice calling it junk, but virtually that's what it is. It, once you're gone it's no use to you anyway it's you know yeah. so so maybe it's time to offload that and mm. that that piece of furniture and actually declutter your house and actually get it to a point where people can see the lines of sights into the bay yeah. window yeah. they can they can actually get in in the door without yeah. actually having to wrestle past a you know an armchair that you've got sitting right next to it they can't get through to the next room maybe you've got the double doors opening to the dining room and you've had to shoehorn the sofa right to the back of the double doors and you can't really get into the dining room unless you go via the kitchen now yeah so it looks nice having that open to the dining room but the reality is you can't get into it anyway because the line mm -hmm. of sight and you've got too much furniture in that room just makes it impossible which tells the buyer that possibly your house isn't big enough for them and yeah, yeah. Probably. I think the good thing as well, we're not telling you suddenly to start throwing out all your stuff, by the way, <laughs> but there are occasions where it's not about throwing it away. Sometimes actually it's just about maybe even rearranging it. You know, mm -hmm. having everything in an L shape for you maybe works really well because it's how your family sit and watch TV at night. But actually maybe having a sofa one side and a sofa another side and then opening up the middle of the room just makes yeah. a difference. So it's just yeah. about sometimes rejigging as well. It's not necessarily... Don't be thinking that you've now got to empty your house, make it a shell, paint it, decorate it, <laughs> put your furniture in it. <laughs> Sterile house. <laughs> you don't need to be doing all that. You come in, everybody goes, what's more the white walls and beige carpets? <laughs> it's like, what's all that about? Oh, but it's to make it brighter. Well, I can't really see myself living here because it looks a bit sterile now. You know, that's, that's, so you could actually end up, if you go too far, you could end up putting people off. I think that then comes round to the, the reality of, um, as you, as we've sort of said throughout this whole thing, there's an audience that won't like your house. There's an audience that will like your house, and it's to find a fine balance in between both. Yeah. So you know, have that ruthless wander around your home to seek out the clutter and and create more calm overall. Uh, you might be surprised how much bigger and brighter it feels once you've worked some magic overall. But yeah. this is why it's so important to get an estate agent out to look round with you mm -hmm. to give you again, give them permission to give you an honest opinion. They don't yeah. want to do that, but you need to give them permission to do it. Yeah, it's true. And actually, you can benefit hugely from it. And it can make a fundamental difference of 
how quickly it sells and the number that you get for your property as well that helps so you on your next journey what should what should what's your advice perry on what people should do next if they're getting ready to sell so for me i think it's about look have an honest look at your home as you've just said there jim you know you need to talk about the little jobs that need to get done there could be thousands added to your sale price by just attending to them so it is really important and it can make fundamental difference as well of the foot traffic as we would call it that you get so the number of viewers that you're going to get through your property so just take that time don't just think actually i love my house and then tomorrow i'm just going to be able to market it just have a look at it be honest with yourself and think about how it will appeal to others not necessarily you yeah good advice great advice um, and i would say just you know my honest thing is get an estate agent out before you start that journey and they could point out the things that you should be doing rather than things that you might you think you should be doing but you shouldn't be doing yeah. and that's it thanks very much for coming on the show perry uh, anybody got any questions later on or any comments please feel free to put them in there or you can message us direct on these posts as well because we'll get your private messages straight to our mobiles until next time guys uh it's five properties tv bye-bye for now have a great bye. day Take care. bye